The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. Always thrilled to be here. And joining me, as usual, is Ms. Karen Russell, the best damn lender in the state of Indiana. Hi, Karen. Hello. She was uh, closing the windows because it's so gorgeous here. Yeah, it's like 75. This beautiful May day. And uh, we're afraid that there's going to be dogs barking. There's outside, a yapping right? dog in the Is back. There? I didn't even hear it. Yes. That means there's squirrels somewhere. One of my dogs. I Probably. Just, speaking of dogs, you know, I just got, I like literally ran up the stairs in the door from a funeral that I had to take my dog to, which sounds really odd, but it was the funeral of, well, we're not going to get sad. I made it through this funeral without crying. I know. I read the obituary, and I saw the photo, and the puppy's in there. It's super sad. Yeah, the dog was mentioned like three times in the obituary. And, uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, if I'm a little out of breath, that's why. But And I was very worried that the dog was going to behave inappropriately at the graveside. But he did okay. There was he a tree, okay. so I just redirected, <laughs> and we were fine. So, um, so anyways, that that's uh, that was my excitement today. We're also joined today uh, by uh, Brittany Libert, and we're going to introduce her later okay. in a little bit. So she's really nervous, so I'm going to just string her along a little <laughs> bit too. Enticing if people want to be saying, guests on the that's show. That's the way right? to break them in. Mm-hmm. Be scared. Be really, really <laughs> scared. So, but Karen, I wanted to ask you. You know, we're in the midst of in our market the ultimate craziness, uh, just in terms of the busiest time of the year for us. Is sort of April, May, June actually starts to slow down. You know, in a lot of markets, June is when it starts to pick up. But around right. here, just because of the way our economy works and the way that our um, Industry works where university town, everything kind of starts to slow down in June uh, once, you know, graduation happens and that kind of thing, which was last weekend. Um, so are you... Graduation wasn't last weekend, was it? Yeah, because it's May, whenever. Two weekends ago, I guess. <laughs> See, I've been out of town. I don't pay attention. When there's, like, big things going on yeah. in this town, you have to get out of town. I know. I know. Traffic's horrible. Love it. But anyways, uh, so are, what, what are, you, are you hanging in there this season? A little bit. Is it? A little bit. How are you holding it together? Uh, a little bit of wine yeah. and <laughs> some more wine. Right. Yeah. Have you ever forgotten to pick up your son somewhere? No, I have not ever done that. No, there would be a problem should that ever happen. I I was once forgotten when I was like four. 
That's horrific. This lady was supposed to pick my brother and myself up, and he, she picked my brother up, but I guess didn't know she was supposed to pick me up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and your brother didn't say anything? No. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she felt horrible, Mrs. Whitaker. She felt horrible, even, like, in high school. This is I happened when I was four years old. Even in high school, she would, like, come up. I'd see her at, like, a band competition or something, and she'd hug me, and she'd be like, I'm so sorry. And I was oh like, really? Gosh. I've moved on. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, it just had me thinking the other day, because, like, my, I love, uh, I love to cook dinner. I know you don't cook no I just eat yeah but I do enjoy cooking quite a bit so I'm always like about cooking hacks like I love those mm. if I have a if I have my like own cooking show you know everyone has their dream of their like HGTV show mine actually is my dream cooking show it would be like dinner time hacks you know and some of them work really well okay such and, as um, you've got an example well one of my favorites is um, to peel garlic I don't like the way it makes my fingers smell when you have to kind of peel it or whatever. But if you put a clove of garlic in a cocktail shaker. Interesting. And you shake it real hard, it peels it. And then it just comes out and everything's the paper separated from the garlic clove. I'm totally going to do that now. So that's why I keep a cocktail (laughs) shaker in my kitchen window. So that's one of my favorites. But, you know, um, sometimes... They don't work. You read these kitchen hacks, you know, on Facebook or whatever, and you see they don't work. There was one one time it said, soak your pasta for a while. And then when you're ready for dinner, it'll cook in like two minutes. And I soaked it. It was disgusting. No, it would. Okay. It would make your dry pasta, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was kind of like a, a, I don't know. It was a scam. It must. It's like the Pinterest fail. Like you're going to try and do a DIY project, home improvement, or you're trying to bake a birthday cake or something like that. Right. And it does not look like yeah that. No. Exactly. Okay. So it didn't work. But anyways, but then then that, that got me thinking about scams. And so I wanted to talk just a second about. I got to find my notes here about real estate scams because I came across this article and I thought. Um, it was some really good information, um, and I'm going to have Rachel post this on Facebook, too, but four common real estate scams that smart people fall for. Uh, number one is transferring funds to a fraudster, and we've seen this a lot, that um, you wire money, and then it gets wired to the wrong place, and somebody intercepts the money, and when that money is wired, and, and Brittany can probably talk about this because we're going to talk about title insurance, title companies, and what they do. So that is uh, one scam. Uh, number two real estate scam is that you're renting a home that doesn't exist, which we see a lot, or I guess what I see a lot is renting homes that aren't really for rent. People steal listings through, off the MLS and then put it onto Craigslist, and it's what I always tell people. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is. I had... Uh, someone who worked for me and she kept sending me these homes. What about this one? What about this one? I'm like, you know, that's a, if you were going to rent that home, it would probably cost you $2,500, not $500. Um, and they were all scams. Um, there's another one that if you've ever used a, a moving company, that moving companies can kind of hold your items hostage um, and end up charging you more. Like, say, they kind of give you an initial quote, and then at the end of the day, they'll say, oh, you know, it's really $2,000 more, and you got to pay up. Uh, I've heard that. I think you may have talked about that on a previous show or, or someone did. Yeah. Uh, and so that's something to be aware of and make sure that you are getting those estimates in writing up front. And then the number four real estate scam that smart people fall for is, we've talked about this one a couple of times too, I'll sell your home or buy it myself. 
which is something popular that realtors like to put out there. But just remember that for the most part, those uh, programs come wrapped up in a bunch of stipulations that most home, home, homeowners would never agree to, like selling for a predetermined really low price and um, paying for all kinds of repairs and things like that. So uh, just as soaking your pasta will not get you pasta any quicker, take the eight freaking minutes it takes to cook mm-hmm. some pasta, um, these real estate scams are also too good to be true. Um, so we are going to talk today, speaking of scams, you know, I was doing a lot of research about title insurance and title companies and things like that. And there are, I don't know, Brittany, if you've ever come in across this, but there are a lot of people who think that title insurance is a scam. Yes, a lot of people do. It is not, people. It is not, people. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and we're going to talk, it's actually I think going to be a two-part series. We'll see how much we get through today. But it'll probably be a two-part series. Um and we're going to talk with Brittany Libert. Um, so welcome, Brittany. Hello. Thank so this you. This is Brittany. She is with Green County Regional Title, right? Yes. Um, and what is your title there officially? I'm a settlement agent or a closing agent. Okay. And how did you become a closing agent? Um, my mother actually runs a title company. And when I graduated school, she opened up a new office and I trained in her office, took the classes and moved up here to run this office. So you have to be licensed to be a title agent? Yes, we have to take seven hours of continuing education credits every two years oh, to okay. stay up on the regulations and laws because it's highly regulated. Right. Okay, cool. So, uh, so interesting scenario. You know, People probably have no idea what you do. Do you run into people all the time and they're like... You say, well, I work for a title company. You're like, yeah, I still don't, I don't know what that is. And you say, well, I'm a title agent. And they say, yeah, no, I still don't know what that is. Yes, so none of my friends understand what I do. So we, <clears throat> when you buy a home, you want to search it, make sure there are no liens or defects in mm-hmm. the legal description or chain of title. We search it, and we issue a title commitment, and then we ensure that that is a free and clear title when you buy your property, take care of all the liens against it, and I close your mortgage loan. So the lender would wire all the funds to me, give me all the paperwork. I go over everything with you and disperse all the funds for closing. Okay, cool. So we're going to go over that in more detail because I think it's a process that probably bears repeating. Is something, you know, sometimes I repeat myself. Yes. My fans will attest to that <laughs> because it's useful, I think, to hear things multiple times. You know, I always tell the story I when I'm teaching my home buyer classes um, about title companies, people kind of go, yeah, I don't know what that is. And so one of the examples I use, Karen has heard this a million times, right? Oh, you're... Um the Hangover? Yes, The Hangover. So I always say, have you seen the movie The Hangover? Have you seen Hangover? Yes. You've heard my story about this, haven't you? No. You haven't? No. Okay, so I always say, well, title companies are kind of like, they were needed in the movie The Hangover, okay? So you know the scene where they're driving out to the desert because they got the $80,000 and they need to trade the $80,000 for the hostage, which was Doug. Mm-hmm. So they're driving out to the desert and they pull up and they don't really know what to do and someone's like, flash your lights and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they get out and they're standing there with the money and they and then they bring out who they think is Doug. And see, they need a title insurance. This is all going to make sense, I swear. And then they say, well, you know, we'd like to check the money. Okay, well, we'd like to see Doug. So they bring Doug out of the car, but he still has the hood over his head. So they didn't do a full search. Uh, And they say everything looks fine. They do the swap and then they get Doug and it's not the right Doug. Okay. Okay. If they had a title company, the title company is sort of this neutral third party. Mm -hmm. And they look at the contract, the terms of the contract, Doug, 
$80,000. Make sure that that's in, enforced and, you know, and that everything is valid. And then they insure it. So if it ends up being the wrong Doug, the title company's got your back on that because they said, well, we did our research mm-hmm. and we thought it was the right Doug. Right. This all makes sense to it me. It does make sense. That's a good example. <laughs> but they're like that neutral third party that sort of helps finalize the transaction because at the end of the day, you have two parties with their own interests. Yes. And as much as we all like to be kind to each other, be kind to each other out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're all still looking out for our own interests. And so the title company looks out for everyone's interests and represents no one, but Correct. represents everyone. Yes. <laughs> this is the conundrum. Yes. Awesome. So that's sort of, it's, it's a lot more complicated than that, but that's sort of the high level explanation that I always give people. And you may steal that if you would like. I like it. I might use that. <laughs> I, I, it maybe needs a little bit of work. The explanation gets a little bit better every time I tell it. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's one of those things that most buyers and sellers don't even know about. And it's the stuff that's done behind the scenes and quietly. In fact, I, I'm going to give Rachel a, a YouTube video. There was some title company put on a contest and this guy made this video and it was him like running around town talking to all these people saying, hey, did you know that I was your title insurance agent? Hey, do you know who your title insurance is with? Hey, do you know that I under, you know, did the underwriting for this property? And everybody's like, I don't know what you're talking about. But the point is that if you guys are doing your job well, nobody really does know about you. Right. Uh, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about there. Um, they, they use the analogy. I'm not a baseball player, but or a baseball I, you know, I watched the Cubs last year when they won. That was great. Okay. I don't really, like, religiously watch baseball. So you're, like, a Cardinals baseball. fan or something. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not even a Cardinals fan. I just, you know, I mean, if there's beer and peanuts, I'll okay. probably go to a game. That's but, what I know. do. Um, but they had said that uh, a title company is like a baseball umpire. If you've made it to the end of the game and the umpire never caught your attention or the title company never caught your attention, yes. then they've done their job. Yes, yes. that is a great analogy. So, unsung heroes of the real estate transaction – insert dramatic music here <laughs> so we're going to talk more about what a title company does uh, and uh, then Brittany can play this for all her friends and they can know what she does so stick around you're listening to Real Real Estate Today your home for smart real estate follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN get the lowdown on guests new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Do you long to have a better love life? Relationships can be hard, but throw sexual problems into the mix, and it's almost impossible to keep that close connection you want to have. Colette Milan, sex and relationship therapist, has been there. She will give you sound advice to turn your libido back on and bring the love back into your lovemaking. Tune in to Making Love with Colette Milan every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. 
Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Hey, quick reminder, you can always find me on Voice America on my channel. You can listen to any past shows. There's about 50, 60 there's a lot there um, on all kinds of real estate related topics. And you can also download me on iTunes and take me on the go. Um, and make sure that you look for us on Facebook, Deb Tomorrow Realtor. Then um, we always post a lot of stuff during the show as well as during the week and sometimes puppy pictures because that's always fun. Who can resist a puppy picture, right? Makes me throw on some cat pictures. And some, I know, Brittany's a cat person, so I don't know. There's pictures. She has paintings of her cats dressed in like old timey outfits. And blazers and ties. Blazers and yeah. ties. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I am here today with Karen Russell and Brittany Livert. Uh, Brittany is our special guest uh, from Green County, County Regional Title, and we are going to go deep in this two-part series about title companies uh, and their role in the real estate transaction. So if you want to make your friends feel dumb... You should listen to the show, and then you can tell them everything they didn't know about title insurance, and they'll be like, how did you get to be so smart? Yeah. They'll be like, mm, step tomorrow. Um, oh, and I love, so Brit, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany is with Green County Regional Title, and I love the little tagline under your company that you're searching the past and securing the future. Yes. I dig that. Title insurance is the only insurance that insures the past. So oh, we're yeah. not insuring future risk or I mean, right. if there's an issue that came up in the past. But, yeah, we insure the past so that your home is protected for the future. I love it. Yes. Yeah. I, love I think we need T-shirts. I can do that. Okay. That. Um, so let's start uh, by talking about where in the home buying process you come in and what you do. And I'm going to tell you, like, from a real estate perspective, like, once we have an offer that's been accepted, usually that's when the title company comes in. I don't know if you do much what we call preliminary title work. Not very often. Okay. No. Every once in a while, a realtor will take a listing, and for whatever reason, and maybe we just get a feeling there's something funky with this property, we might ask a title company to do preliminary title work when we take the listing, but we don't have a buyer in hand. But usually that stuff doesn't start until after um, we have a buyer in hand. Um, I'm going to interrupt myself for a second here and say that everything that we're talking about today is how it's done in Indiana, and even more specifically, my market. Um, Now, your office is based in? We're out of, we have an office in Evansville and Owensboro, Kentucky. Evansville, Indiana, Owensboro. And even between those two, so you have three locations basically, right? Kentucky and then two in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And all three locations probably do something slightly differently. Yes. So like in Kentucky, they can still take cash at closing. Oh, okay. And we can't do that here in Indiana at all. And the laws are very different. Um, 
even the legal descriptions in Kentucky, they still say, like, go to the Joneses tree and turn right. At the Joneses tree. You know, and the Joneses tree isn't there anymore. Right. But they still have the legal descriptions from when the properties were made. Because they're a little backwards down mm-hmm. there. That's so interesting. They make, they make good yeah. bourbon, Because though, if so. you, they do make good bourbon. Mm-hmm. So if you chop down your tree. It's, yeah, still part of the legal description. That's okay. And it's kind of like the, um, what are those called? The stakes. Yeah. What are the, the pins? Monuments like, and... You go to the... Yeah, they're pins. Are they called pins? Uh-huh. Can't even really see them. Okay. Yeah. But I had one once, so there's still a little bit of that. I had a situation several years ago where um, we couldn't determine where the property line was because it was based off of the middle of uh, like an old country lane that wasn't there anymore and had completely grown up. Yeah. And so we ended up having to get both landowners together to kind of say, okay, well, we are going to say the lane was here. We just sort of like picked a spot (laughs) and then everybody agreed that that's what the the land was for. So that's interesting. Mm. So once we have an offer that is accepted, we turn over a copy. It's realtors. We turn over a copy to whatever title company is is chosen. And then what's the first thing you guys do with that? The first thing we do is order the search with the searchers. So we give them all the seller and buyer information, their name, their address, and the property address. And they search the property and the buyer's and seller's names. Okay, so we're going to talk about searching in a little bit more detail. But the ultimate goal then at the end of the search is that you're issuing an owner's policy and a lender's policy. Now, I want to talk briefly because this was fascinating to me. I have two fascinating, fascinating stories about title insurance. I want to talk about the history. Of, I always talk about the history, right? We learned about the history of the FICO, FICO and all kinds of good stuff on this show, right? I, always went, okay, I told you we were going to dig deep. So did you know, do you know the history of where title insurance came from? I do not. You don't? Okay, no. so you're going to learn something today, too. This font's really tiny, though. I'm going to try and read this article, but I can barely see it. Um, okay, so here is how the need for title insurance arose historically from the fact that traditional methods of conveying real property did not provide adequate safety to the parties involved. So basically, until about 100 years ago, no, about, I don't know, sometime in the 1800s, they would, property would be searched by what was called a conveyancer, convey, we use the term convey right now, but conveyancer, who was responsible for doing the search, and they would do what's called an abstract, Mm -hmm. which is, can you tell us briefly what an abstract is? So an abstract is... Now we do title commitments, but they used to search the property back from the time that it was built up until the time the person's buying it. And it's basically a story of the land and how it came about. Yeah. A story about who I just, it. I have to interject. I, working so many years um, at a bank and seeing original abstracts are so cool. Like mm-hmm. they're larger than legal size paper. They've got like the uh, customary like blue backing mm-hmm. like you would see on the movies. I have one for my house. It's it's just so cool and it goes as far back mm-hmm. as like if so if you're buying a you know 1900 year old farmhouse right. it's just a really cool history to your home. Yeah for sure. So they would put this abstract together and even though the conveyancer wasn't generally a lawyer uh, they were recognized as an authority on real estate law um, but in 19 or in 1868 1868, there was the celebrated case. I'm not sure why it was celebrated, but this article says (laughs) it was a celebrated case of Watson versus Muirhead uh, was filed in Pennsylvania. And in that case, Muirhead was a conveyancer and he had searched and abstracted a title for Watson, who was the purchaser of a parcel of real property and in good faith. And after consulting an attorney, 
Muirhead chose to ignore certain recorded judgments and to report the title as good and unencumbered. Now, sometimes people or properties have judgments against them. They get recorded with the county. Mm-hmm. He chose to ignore them. He consulted an attorney, and they thought, eh, not a big deal, and he ignored them. So on the basis of Muirhead's abstract, Watson went ahead and purchased the property and was subsequently presented with and required to satisfy the liens that uh, Muirhead had concluded were not uh, impairments to the title. So we ended up having to cough up a whole bunch of money for these things unexpectedly. So Watson sued Muirhead to recover his losses, uh, but the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled that there was no negligence on the conveyancer's part and dismissed the case. Uh, Watson, an innocent purchaser who had suffered financial damages because of the encumbrances on his title, had no recourse. So that decision of Watson versus Muirhead demonstrated clearly that the existing conveyancing system could not provide total assurance to the purchasers of real property, that they would be safe and secure in their ownership. So as a result, the Pennsylvania legislature shortly thereafter passed an act to provide for the incorporation and regulation of title insurance companies. Hmm. The first title company was founded in Philadelphia in 1876. That is interesting. So there you go. Watson versus Muirhead. We'll never forget that. Never. Quiz me in a couple weeks. I'm telling you. You can impress your friends. (laughs) I promise. (laughs) I'm going to impress my boss with that. (laughs) Exactly. Be like, "Mm, did you know this? Um, Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about the two kinds of policies you get. We're going to dig even deeper into title insurance, but just sort of on on a high level. We're going through the process of you're purchasing a home. They're doing that title search to see if there's any problems with the title. And then the title company is going to issue two title insurance policies. Yes, we issue a lender's insurance policy for your lender and then an owner's insurance policy for the owner. What's the difference? Um, The lender's policy protects the lender. And if anything came up, it would protect the lender's investment, but not the owner. And then the owner's policy would protect the owner and any heirs. After that. So if the owner passed away and a bunch of children inherited the property or somebody did and there were any issues in Mm -hmm. title, it would protect the heirs. Okay. So the owner's policy is typically in the purchase. um, You're protected up to the purchase price of the house. Yes. Right. So you buy a house for $200,000, you will get coverage up to $200,000. The lender's policy is usually for their loan amount. For whatever the loan amount is. So if yes. you only got a loan amount for 50000 the lender's only going to yeah, yeah. cover for And now, can you get a mortgage without a title insurance policy? Um, not with my company, <laughs> no. I think that if you are going to, as Brittany mentioned, if you're going to have um, financing on your home, you definitely have to provide a lender's policy so that the lender can uh, protect their collateral. I mean, we're looking at uh, easements. We're looking at the, at least a 24-month chain of title. We're looking at the current tax bills, if they've been paid, uh, besides liens and judgments like that. But I once found um, a private road maintenance agreement, mm. um, and that wasn't listed on there um, for, uh, for a property that we needed one. So those are the type of things that lenders are looking for. Okay. So once that title insurance policy is, I mean, that's part of what you do. I always kind of explain to people, you kind of do two things. One, you're doing the search and issuing the title insurance policy, but then you're also doing that hangover movie, neutral third party. So you're also working with the lender to receive the loan documents. Yes. uh, And you administer the closing. 
Yeah, so we get all the loan documents signed. We notarize them for you, make sure you understand all your paperwork, and then we disperse all the funds. So we're paying the seller. We're taking everything to the courthouse, paying them whatever they need for the transfer, and then the realtors, we pay the realtors mm-hmm. out of closing. We pay everybody out of closing. And one thing I think people don't really understand why, and I get this a lot of times with first-time sellers, they don't, they're like, why, why can't I just take the check and I'll go down and pay my mortgage off? But part mm-hmm. of you issuing that title insurance policy is you're ensuring that the title is free and clear. Yes. And so you have to ensure that the mortgage gets paid off. And the only way to ensure that the mortgage is paid off is that you pay it off. Correct. So that's something, a function. And I think a lot of people don't really get that either. So you, typically the buyers and sellers don't really have any contact with the title company until the day of closing. Yeah, unless there's an issue with titles. Like, I mean, you won't hear from us at all yeah. unless there's a problem with the title. Right. Then we'll have to call the seller to get that cleared up. Okay, well, in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about what those problems potentially could be and what could pop up um, and when you're doing your title search. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delana Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, and we are talking today part one 
I need to come up with a snappy name for the show. Did we come up with a snappy name for the show? I'm asking Rachel, who's our associate producer extraordinaire. She's not allowed to be on air because she curses a lot. No, we didn't. Okay, talking title. Something? I don't know. There has to be some alliteration. So we're talking title today. What the heck do title companies do? And what the heck is title insurance? And why the heck should you care? And all that good stuff. So we've been talking a little bit about the process and just the overview of what title companies do. Let me ask you this. How... uh, I guess I can answer this question. How, do, how does a title company get selected? Well, in this area, it's the seller that picks, but it's different in every area. So in Evansville, the buyer picks. It actually can be negotiated. So yes. it's actually on the contract. Um, and I think, yeah, it's typical that the seller picks, but um, sometimes... I think I usually check the box for the buyer to pick because I'm a little bit of a control freak, aren't I? Karen's nodding. I'm nodding, yes, yes. I don't know. Sometimes they let the buyers pick um, because their lender may have a preferred title company Mm -hmm. that they want to use. So, I mean, I guess the question is, is there something, you know, for buyers who want to be, you know, active in their transaction, which I strongly encourage and am involved in their transaction, are there questions they should be asking or things that they should be looking for when they're, you know, selecting a title company? I usually look at my seller, my buyers, and they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, all right, I got your back. You know, I'll I've take only care of had it. one person um, here in the past, I would say at least two years, that said that they were going to shop title companies. And I was like, okay, because they had the option to choose. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a great question. I don't know what they asked. I don't know, um, you know, I don't know. I think everybody's so close with their fees and things that. I think it comes down mm-hmm. to service, but I'll let Brittany yeah. finish. But that's the first time someone ever said, I'm going to shop and figure out which, which title company I'm going to use. Well, in Indiana, the Indiana Department of Insurance has really taken to title insurance lately. So they've made this whole website. You can actually shop title insurance on in Indiana. Really? You can look up everybody's C- their standard fees that they have for title insurance. So everybody's CPL fees and then their insurance rates because they can't. What's a CPL fee? A closing protection letter fee. So there are standard fees that each title company charges no matter what, okay. and you can shop those online. The state has a website okay. for that. Oh, I didn't know For the know buyers. That. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that website That's, is? I don't know it, but... We'll find it. Yeah, I can we'll find it. it. Facebook, it's yeah. a state website, but that was part of TRID and everything. The TRID changes all the laws that went into effect last year was that the consumer be more aware and they're able to shop for title sure. companies. So, yeah, I guess I had forgotten about TRID. That's been a year and a half now, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Yeah. That, mm-hmm. And so that was 2015, October. We had a lot of changes come down with that came from on the federal level. Yeah. Um, continuing to try and put systems in place to protect the consumer um, still as a response to some of the stuff that went down in, you know, 10, 12 years ago with a, a housing collapse or whatever you want to call it. So um, so that's interesting that they, they put that out there. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I guess I would agree with Karen that I think my choice always goes towards who's going to give us a smooth transaction, who's going to be available, who's going to be proactive. Who is going to be timely in getting the commitment to the lender. That's a big deal. There's a lot of times where um, lenders are waiting. Like we, we could possibly have a final approval, but we don't have title yet, and that's the one piece that we need. So. Now, sometimes I hear people say, well, I want to use such and such a title company because I'll get a discount because I just did a refinance there or something. Is Mm -hmm. that something that's common? 
Typically, with most title insurance companies, um, if they have issued a policy within five years or 10 years, there's two different discounted rates that they could get on their policy because they've already searched it and insured it. They would only have to search it for the time that person's owned it to reinsure it. So it's not as much work or anything. So Uh it's usually discounted by, I think, 10 or 20 percent. Okay. So the... The insurance policy that people get, you, Green County Regional Title, aren't issuing the insurance policy, right? No. First American, our underwriter, does. Okay. So you kind of partner with, and there's probably, is there a a certain number of big title insurers? Um, Like, I see the same names over and over again. The First American. First American's a really big one. one. Chicago Title's a really big one. Other than that, I've. I've never really heard of any other ones. Okay. A lot of them closed yeah. after 2008. Right, right. I'll never forget this lady. He, she, <laughs> I'm going to tell a story. Karen's like, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story. <laughs> no, there used to be a title company in town. We had a few that closed. There was a really nice one that closed. It was right downtown. And the reason I liked it was that they had pink pens. And the inside, did you ever go there? And they had a cool name, Mokotiko. I like to say it. Uh, and they always had a bulldog. Like a real live bulldog in the lobby. No, I never went in there. <laughs> it was awesome. I only closed it like once or twice and then they closed down because it just the, you know, they were making things, the regulations made things really hard to have a good business. But there are, you know, you are regulated. Um, we There was a title insurer here in town who lost her license. Um and I know from my experience, I had a couple of closings. One, about six months after the closing, my uh, buyer calls me and he's like, we're trying to find the deed and we can't find it. It had never been recorded. Yeah, that's not good. Because one of the things the title company does is right away, because you prepare the deed, mm-hmm. the seller signs it over to the buyer and you take that down to the courthouse, like physically take it down to the courthouse and it, make sure it gets recorded. And then you send a copy of that to the buyer. Yes. Yeah, that never happened. That's not and okay. she said, she said, well, I was like a penny short. Like at the end of the day, her number, I was like, I will give you a freaking penny. Oh my god! Look, gosh. there's one on the floor. Pick it up and record the mother. Mm, indeed. Yeah, I was not a happy camper. I just, um, but there was an agent who liked using her because she was cheap. I was like, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah. Um, there's a reason for that, for sure. And you walk into the office, like your office isn't like this, but like when you walk into a title company office and there's like filing cabinets and stacks of paper from 1972 you're like how can you even like find anything because yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to think you guys are still pretty paper oriented aren't you yes I'm, like we try really hard to be paperless but you guys are everything before closing I think is a, a lot of e-signing with the lenders and the yeah. realtors now but we have to have originals to record and at the courthouse so we have to have paper copies of everything yeah and that's why you have to go to a closing table and you have to sign documents uh, I always laugh because probably at least 90% of the closings someone makes a comment gosh it'd be nice if we could e-sign this and we all laugh like it's the first time we've ever heard that yeah. but it's not because it's the 5,000th time we've heard it uh, but you, I wish I had a stamp <laughs> yeah exactly yes that's the one we always say I wish I had a stamp because the buyers have to sign so many documents and we all laugh like um, it's so funny it's yeah. not uh, so helpful hint if you want to be cool at your closing don't say I wish I had a stamp um, <laughs> but anyway sorry that sounds really snarky doesn't it okay 
I just I'll still laugh. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's good practice, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, you still have to sign everything, uh, paper copies. There's just no way around it. Yeah. And you have to either be there in person or have to sign it in front of a notary. Well, I don't know if you've seen this too much, but I've started to see it here that we have international people in a university town and they want to like, well, just email me the documents I'm in China. Yeah, no, not going to work like that. Like, you have to be in the country or you have to have a power of attorney that's in the country that can, you know. Yeah, and then your power of attorney will say, why did I agree to do this? Because the, uh, <laughs> the way that they have to sign every single document. So, yeah, I had to do it once for my parents and it was not fun at all. So, so what can, um, what other services? Are there other services that a title company performs? So, yeah, I do closings, and we also prepare just deeds. So, like, if you got married and wanted to add your wife or husband on title with you, they weren't on before, you can get a quick claim deed and just add them on to title with you, and then that way if something happened to one or the other, Mm -hmm. the other would inherit the property. That's a good one. I always like to talk about quit claim. Yes, with a T. With a T, because people, and I did for the longest time until I got in real estate, thought it was quit claim. Yeah. And neither one made sense to me, but I thought it was (laughs) quit claim. Well, I think of it as quit. They're just quitting Quitting. with the property. They're done. They're giving it to you as is with whatever's on it. Well, but if you're quit, if I wanted you to be on, I have a property and my name's on it Mm -hmm. and I want to add you, I'm still doing a quit claim. Yes, you are. Because I'm quitting my claim in my name Mm -hmm. and creating a new claim in our names together. Yes. So that's how that is. So I always explain that. I just think you definitely need to get a title company involved. Don't, please Please don't. It's worth the money to have a professional do it versus going to an office supply store and finding one that's probably not for your state or you get one online and it's like it's the wrong language. Right. Yeah. And then they record that and then. Well, and they won't even record some things in Indiana. There are a few things that the deed has to say Mm. for them to even record it. And. I mean, Office Depot doesn't know Indiana's laws, so they're not going to have that in their kit. Here's an interesting question. So we've been talking about title insurance. If you do a quit claim and record that and you record something incorrectly and it jacks everything up, does your title insurance cover that? Not. If you were insured and you're quit claiming it to somebody else, uh-huh. no, they're not going to insure. That's a new owner. Yeah. So you're only insured for anything that would affect you, you. but not something that you did wrong. So and gave to somebody that's else. Something to think about then before you want to add your like significant other mm-hmm. or um, or a spouse or whoever after the fact, right? Because if something happened to you and you had the original title insurance was in your name, and then you quit claimed and add someone onto the title, and then something happens to you and the person you added on has title of the house, they might not have that title insurance. Right, they wouldn't. Dun, dun, dun. So, like, if you own it and you pass away and your children inherit it, mm-hmm. the title insurance follows them. Yeah. But if you deed it into your children's name, it does not. Interesting. I'm oh my just gosh. thinking more of a, like, you know, you add a, one person, two people, whatever, onto your deed, and then those people have a have a judgment or lien that you don't even know about. Everyone's still healthy and alive, but we all go to sell it later on. And there's these outstanding judgments that we have to now pay off out of proceeds because 
you know. You're adding everybody yeah. here and there. And this is good stuff. I like This that. is good stuff. <laughs> I, you know, I, we have to go to break, and I may not come back because I need to go check on <laughs> title. title insurance on some of my properties because we've done some quick claim and a go-go. So, all right, we'll stick around. We're going to talk more about title insurance uh, in our final segment, and then there's going to be more to come next week, too. So, gosh, two weeks of talking title. How exciting. Tantabulous. I made that word up. (laughs) All right, stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. If you're seeking more confidence, it is time to feel good naked. Each week, host Laura Redman and her guest experts are here to help you be you. In order to truly be successful and happy, you need self-confidence, self-love, and self-respect. Feel Good Naked Radio will teach you how to embrace these qualities and make your life more fulfilling and meaningful. Listen live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be proud of who you really are from the inside out. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back to our final segment of part one of Talking Title, because that's the best title I can come up with right now. The title of Talking Title, the title of the talking, yeah, something like that. Okay, so we are talking today with Brittany Libert of Green County Regional Title, uh, and she is telling us all the ins and outs, and she was telling us a story over break that I wanted her to tell again. So repeat yourself. Okay, so Friday I had a closing, and the grandmother was selling to her grandchildren. She had bought the house cash, and she did not get an owner's policy. And she bought the house Many uh, just, years before? No, recently? just a oh. year ago. Oh, okay. So the lien, um, she bought it in 2016, and there was a lien from 2014. It was only $46. It was a city lien for maintenance on the lot, but she had no idea that it was there, and she had to pay that to sell her house to her grandchildren because they were getting a loan, and the lender required a policy. But they also advised her grandchildren not to get an owner's policy 
even yeah. though they both, yeah, they had a lien that nobody was aware of because they did not get an insurance policy. So, I mean, you know, she's probably like, wow, it's $46 in title insurance. You know, it's usually about a half a percent of the purchase price. I'm not sure how the rate is. I know if it's under 50000 it's 150 bucks. Okay. No, I was just thinking of something that someone once said. I mean, this is the, the way this insurance premium, the way you're billed, you're billed once. Oh, I know. It's a one-time. Yeah. yeah. One-time one time only. only. Yes. So it's a little different when people think, oh, that's going to be an ongoing or yeah. reoccurring fee, and mm-hmm. it's not. Right. So the small amount that it costs. At closing. At closing. is so the peace of mind is worth it. Yes. Did the grandmother explain to you or say anything about why she counseled her grandchildren to not get title insurance? I did not ask. Yeah. Um, we were really confused because the seller pays for the title insurance here. So the buyer didn't want one. We said, well, you're not paying for it. Why wouldn't you get it anyways? Right. And it was her grandmother. So she oh, didn't she... get one because her grandma didn't get one. Oh, okay. which so, yeah. Work. So in Indiana, it's typical, or at least in our market. Is it different in Evansville? Yes, in Evansville, they don't pay the owner's policy. Okay, so in our market, it's customary that the seller provides that owner's title insurance policy. So why would a buyer not get it? Because it's typically negotiated Mm -hmm. to be a seller's cost. But in other markets, the buyer pays for it. Now, the lender's title insurance policy, which is usually much less expensive, Mm -hmm. um, is usually paid for by the buyer because it's their choice to have a mortgage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good point, too. Why, I wonder why the grandmother didn't get get it to begin with. I'm not I sure. I was going to say, it's probably, you know, when, when people don't understand this stuff, it's just so much easier to say, oh, you don't need that. And, right. you know, maybe it could appear that someone's just trying to sell you something and right. you don't need it, you're fine. But... Well, I'm always amazed. You know, I've been doing research and uh, on you know titles and looking up you know different message boards and things, and people saying, you know, "Why do I need this?" And oh, it's a scam and all that, which just boggles my mind because it's so not a scam. Um, but there is really a misconception about it, and I think you're right. A big part of that is because it's just misunderstood, and maybe because it's not you know you don't go and meet with your you know title insurance agent once a year to review your title insurance policy. I mean, I'll tell you, I I have no idea. Here's a question for you. If I needed title insurance, like if I needed to use my title insurance policy, something came up, I don't know where it is. So you would just get a hold of the company, the title company that did your closing Mm -hmm. for you. They should be able to send you copies of everything, all your title insurance paperwork. What happens if my title company goes out of business? Then sometimes they sell out to bigger title companies and they inherit all their files. If not, you'd have to find their underwriter. So your policy is probably still in effect because your policy is typically with a larger company like Chicago Title or whoever. But But you have to figure that out. Yes, if it were a smaller company and their underwriter went under, then your policy is invalid. Right, which is not good. And how do you get... Uh, a copy of your title insurance policy after closing. So for us, within 30 days of closing, we send them copies of their record, or we send them their recorded deed mm-hmm. and mortgage. Once it's been recorded, we give that to them and a final insurance policy. Why can't you give that final insurance policy at closing? Because we have to wait, make sure that everything has been cleared, the mortgage is paid off, oh. or taxes are paid, and that everything gets recorded okay. properly. And okay. I always wondered that. Um, so, and that's, I think, a missing link for a lot of buyers. So, buyers, listen up. This is important stuff. 
um, because there's going to be important paperwork that's going to come to you after closing and you need to not just set that envelope aside. You need to actually open it mm-hmm. and then you need to put it with all your important papers. I don't know what those are. I have a plastic box that they go in. <laughs> Everybody gets a folder full of papers and they yeah, just keep right, them all together. Right, exactly. And and I always, I, I, I wrote a column once about, I'll have to find it, it was like, what's the top 10 papers you need to keep from your closing because <laughs> I always go through my closing files after a closing uh, for, if I'm purchasing a property and I pull out a bunch of the stuff I don't need mm-hmm. amortization schedule I don't need to look at that yeah. you know stuff like that but um, but the, that title insurance policy you do want to keep keep a handle on you yeah. know kind of know where it is with your important papers you will probably never ever ever need it but if you did, and that's what we're going to talk about next week, I'm kind of excited because we have some stories, and hopefully Brittany's got some good stories too. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to be gossiping next week's show uh, <laughs> about people who didn't have title insurance or people who did and why they were grateful they had it and people who didn't and um, how that kind of bit them. So um, that's going to be good, yeah. Did you have something? Karen, you look like you had something you wanted to share. No, I just... I just think that uh, I hear that at the end of the closing all the time, the closing agent always says, in about a month or two months from now, you're going to get your final title. I've never even questioned why it would take so long, but Brittany makes complete sense. Got to make sure everything's paid off and cleared and... Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's But I think son. what happens is at the end of closing, you're like, oh, my gosh, I just bought a house. Ah, you know, and you're getting keys and you're figuring out what day is garbage day and you're trying to remember to ask for the garage door code. And it just completely goes out of your mind that, hey, you know, right. yeah, there's a lot thrown at you in that hour. Um, and, and I think most title companies do a really good job of explaining it, but it's still a lot thrown at you. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, I don't know. Maybe we need to like make a little postcard and send it to people a couple weeks later and be like, be on the lookout for your uh, final uh, policy. Yeah, your final policy because it just. I I still think that people just don't get it. Like they just don't get what it's for. But is there anything that buyers or sellers can do to make your job easier? Um, no. We just need paperwork for the mortgage payoff, and I mean that's all we usually need from okay. the sellers. So the sellers give you, they have to like file an authorization. Yeah. Um, Because I know my sellers all the time, they're like, well, I call my mortgage company, the payoff's this. I'm like, I don't care what they told you. Yeah. It's what they tell the title company that matters. I had one this morning, bless her heart. Did you see that? She said, here's here's my authorization, but if you call today, it's going to be different because I still have to make a payment in May. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we know that. (laughs) We got it. The title company's got your back on that. So the title company (laughs) contacts your lender to find out what that payoff is. Sometimes they collect a little bit extra mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that they have enough to pay your mortgage off. Um, but they actually do that paying off of the mortgage, too. So, um, so yeah. And then make sure. Here's another thing. Make sure they've got valid IDs when they come to closing. Yes, we have to have a valid, unexpired photo ID. Unexpired. Yes. Passport, driver's license, military ID. Yes, government-issued ID. Yeah, huge. I had a closing. Ten years ago, I can't bring my library card. No, no. It was a Friday. It was a Friday afternoon, and his license was expired. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, he didn't make it in time. We were like cheering him on as he's driving across town to the BMV, but it did not happen. So, all right. Well, that wraps it up for episode one of Talking Title. We will be back next week with a whole bunch of title gossip. Uh, so it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about stories on uh, why you need title insurance. So tune in next week. And as always, we are here via Facebook, Twitter, and all the other interwebs. 
questions to answer any questions you might have. So uh, hit us up. Thanks for tuning in. This is Deb Tomorrow, your host of Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.